We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Krzyzewski takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, fakes it into the foul. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, where apparently I don't know the difference between the post-game button and the weekly show button, but who cares? We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And a bit of a change, we are also presented to you by DailyThunder.com. We're teaming up with Daily Thunder for a few things coming up over the summer. We're super, super excited about it. Another post or another uh, podcast note that I should make. We are now live on Twitter spaces. Once again, every Monday and Friday, uh, we had asked you guys to sign up for the call in app and join us over there. I believe in transparency. And I told you guys we were doing call in for a chance to uh, make some money. That chance has come and gone. So we're back to Twitter spaces. We think it's just probably more convenient for everybody anyways. So I want to give a massive, massive thank you to everybody who signed up on Colin. Keep your account. The Jake Fisher show on there is awesome. There's other shows on there that are really good. But we really appreciate you guys signing up and joining us over on Colin. But with that being said, we're going to transition back to Twitter spaces on Mondays and Fridays. So you can find us there. With all that out of the way, I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. I've got Nick Crane with me. I think the... Um... The intro music used on accident is actually a good thing because we took Lou Dort out of our intro. And this episode, <laughs> you can't have Lou Dort not in the intro. Totally agree. We've got Taylor Peterson. Happy Lou Dort Day. And we have Lou Dort back in Oklahoma City for five years. <laughs> There's going to be people listening to this pod that think you're about to introduce Lou Dort as our fourth guest. <laughs> and we have yeah, Lou Dort live. <laughs> Back in Oklahoma City for as free agency hit today at 5 p.m. Central Time. Uh, plenty of fireworks before that. Kevin Durant and ruining fan bases Fourth of July weekend. A story as old as time. But we're not here to discuss Kevin. We're not here to discuss Jalen Brunson. We are here to talk about Lugens Dort and his new five-year. Is it 87.5 million dollar sure deal? Is. Averages out to about $17.5 million 
per season. Lou is around for the long haul, boys. Nick, you weren't on with Taylor and Comier and I last night, so I want to start with you. You were at Sam Presti and the Rookies introductory press conference last Saturday in Oklahoma City where Joe Masato of the Oklahomans specifically asked Presti about the Lou Dort contract situation, and Presti said that they planned on exercising that option, having Lou on the team, and then letting him hit free agency next summer where he would become an unrestricted free agent and they could negotiate a deal at that time. Four days later, something changed. Presti specifically said, if something changes, you'll know. Something clearly changed. They declined the option, elected to make Lou Dort a restricted free agent. He hit the open market at 5 p.m. Central Time, and within 10 minutes, the new deal was signed. So, Nick, using the context clues we have, trying to read between the lines, what changed in those four days? I think it's impossible to say like what fundamentally changed the mindset and the plan. Um, what's interesting is is at that point in time, Presty said that's what was going to happen, but they didn't make the decision. Like no one's ever going to decline an option, you know, five six days before they have to. Um, which is why they waited down to the wire. This is me speculating because none of us have any clue what actually happened. But I just keep thinking like Jalen Brunson is Lou Dort a year ago. They could have signed him to a very team-friendly deal that at the time may have seemed like a lot for Jalen Brunson. But as soon as you let him go to unrestricted free agency, especially a guy that's with an agency that's a big name and has ties everywhere, you never know what happened. I'm not saying what happened to Jalen Brunson changed Presti's mind, but I think that those types of things happening, like it's, it's real. Like lock your guy down while you can. I do wonder, Nick, if obviously we had the announcement of the um, increased um, cap for next season, salary cap for next season combined with like that anticipation. Well, and we had the, the revenue made from the league announced today as well, alongside uh, some free agency news. Shams just had all the drafts ready to go ready to fire. But I, I do wonder like with the upcoming CBA being re- renegotiated, I guess you could say um, combined with um, the, the, the new TV deal that they'll be coming up. I just, I don't think people w- will be viewing this new Lou Dort deal as like a big contract necessarily. I think um, it's pretty on par with a lot of these these new, um, sorry, got dogs barking in the background. I'm a little distracted. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I do think something happened in between the time that 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 Presty had his his rookie interview or his his rookie presser, as well as, you know, the Wasserman connection. I, I kind of mentioned mentioned this with Jacob. We were on the the Twitter spaces, I think there's something there as well. Like, obviously, we know that, you know, the... Um... Okay, sorry. You guys are going to have to take over. <laughs> Nick, I, I think kind of what Taylor was trying to get at there is $17.5 million for Lou. Uh, I think comes out to close to 14 or 15% of the salary cap currently. Yeah. Yeah. 
But with the announcement of the cap jumping 11 million up to, and I have the number right here, hold on, uh, 123.6 million next year. The following year, the new CBA kicks in. Uh, that cap is projected to, to spike again. Getting Lou on the books now versus waiting for that new CBA and seeing CBA agreement and seeing where the new cap falls. Uh, in the long term, this allows that contract to be a smaller hit to the cap than it would going into next year. Yeah. And, and like this contract with how quickly the cap is rising now and with how quickly it will rise with like, it's the 2025 TV deal. Um, I would, it's impossible to guess this. I would guess in Lou Dort's final season, the salary cap will be close to $200 million. Like realistically, like it's, it's going to be skyrocketing. Um, at that point, he's less than 10% of your salary cap. And you would think he's improved over the next four years. Um, so I'll have to say like in, in year, in year five, assuming the salary cap rises as much as we think and Lou Dort gets better. You basically have Lou Dort in his prime season in that final season for, for less than 10%, which in today's money is like 12 mil, like you can't evaluate on, on today's face value. And so, although I think he probably is overpaid today, he won't be three to five years from now. Yeah. And overpaid today, like it's not a drastic overpay. I think it's pretty close to market value. And even though the money of the contract goes up again, with the cap continuing to climb, I mean, they announced today that the league made more money this past year in, in profit than they ever have yeah. ever. Yeah. That cap is going to continue to climb exponentially. Wasn't it like eight point eight point one, eight point two billion? Yeah, I think it was a, a ton incredible. of money. Yeah, so I think in the long term, this this contract actually is going to age pretty well. It also, to me, guys, kind of signals. You know, we debated like, oh, if if at the draft, oh, if they're going to trade somebody, they're going to trade Lou because you're not trading Shea or Josh, and Lou is the next most valuable thing on this team. When you look at the players on this team, Shea is under contract for the next five years. Lou is under contract the next five years. Josh has three plus a rookie extension, so we're probably looking at eight. Chet has four plus a rookie extension. That's nine. Trey Mann has three plus a rookie extension. That's eight. You start looking at how much longer these other guys are going to be on the team. They have a core put together that can stay in OKC for like at a minimum the next half decade. I think that continuity is something that's that's pretty important to Sam Presti. I mean, I don't know. Were you guys surprised that it was a five-year deal and not a three- or a four-year deal? I was surprised that it was a five-year deal. And we talked a little bit a little bit about that on the spaces. It seems like a long deal for Lou. Um, but I keep going back to that. I, I mentioned this on the Twitter space, right? The, the Wasserman connection. And I know sometimes like... <laughs> I this is part of the a part of the NBA and the uh, a part of the way that the um, the Thunderfront office operates that I really enjoy is the networking, the relationships, the quote unquote politics that are involved, right? But we know how close that Sam is with the Wasserman agency. Um, obviously, Goucher was Russ's agent, um, SGA's agent, Lou's agent, and I just wonder. 
if there maybe was something there. I mean, obviously at the time that they signed Lou to this new contract or sorry, his, his first contract there, um, you know, he wasn't necessarily a proven asset, but I do wonder if there was something, some sort of negotiations going on behind the scenes where it was like, you know, we will reward you with a second contract. I, um, I would imagine that fifth year is a player option. And, so, and that's Sp- the other Spotrack, thing too. Is like Spotrack has that up on their site right now. See, Nick, I'm in the opposite camp. I don't think it's going to be a player option. I think it's going to be five option. years full, fully, fully guaranteed or a team option. I don't think it'll be a player option either. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Presti isn't notorious for player options. But you also want to like maintain that relationship as well. You know, mm. if he's, if Wasserman is representing Shea and future clients, I just, it will be interesting to see the final details. What, what do you sure. think if you're Lou and then Lou's rep, um, do you prefer five years at 17 and a half each year? or four years at 19, assuming the fifth year is a player option in this scenario. Right. I I, I think there's probably multiple time frame scenarios, dollar figure scenarios, and maybe, like, like again, pure speculation. I would guess fifth year is a player option. Lou actually wanted more per year. He took less for a fifth year with the player option. That's that, fair. And that, that, could, that be could be, the, be a fair negotiation. That could um, be the change that, you know, that uh, Presley was alluding to last weekend. It's a good point. You know, to, just to play devil's advocate there, Nick, they might have, Presley might have also said, hey, your role is going to be reduced next year. You're going to hit the unrestricted free agent market, uh, probably with less counting stats because you're not going to shoot the ball 15 times next year. And maybe that there isn't a big deal out there for you. So we're willing to give you long term extended money now versus you waiting and betting on yourself and maybe not having the statistics to back up to earn this deal again next year in free agency. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment, but on the flip side, I think Lou Dort's pretty damn willing to bet on himself at this point. Yeah. That, I, if I was Lou, I would be. Yeah. Especially um, next off season too, right? Like if the Thunder weren't to have picked up his team option, he's an unrestricted free agent next season. And there's more teams with cap room to be able to sign him to a, I don't want to say a larger deal than this, but I feel like it would have been pretty on par with this. And I think that's what like a lot of people are missing when they say, Oh, yeah. the Thunder overpaid for Lou Dort. It's going to be contract. fascinating to see what that fifth year looks like. Is it fully guaranteed? Is it right. partial guaranteed? Is it team option? Is it player option? Uh, that's going to be interesting. So let's look at Lou Dort's contract real quick um, in perspective. So, Marcus Smart is currently on a four-year deal, which pays him annually about 19 when you average it out. Uh, Lou is at 17 and a half, so he's making less than Marcus Smart. Jason, Jay, Jason, Jay Sean Tate today signed three years, like 22 million. So a little not over... even in the same category, in my opinion. But Nick, Jay Sean Tate is just as good as Lou Dort, is what the Rockets fans tell me. Oh, goodness gracious. I remember those days. It was. It Jay was, Sean Tate's also five years older than Lou Dort. Yep. They were all saying, Thunder fans love Lou Dort. We got Jay Sean Tate. Okay. Enjoy. Uh, Jalen Brunson signed. Did he sign five years, 106 million today? Four. Correct. 406. 406. That's correct. Oh. 406. And then uh, Anthony Simons signed four years, 100. 
looking at all four of those contracts, Marcus Smart, Jay Sean Tate, Jalen Brunson, and Fernie Simons. When you, I, I think that's a fair group of guards to throw lose contract into in there to get a perspective. Whenever you look at it in those terms, do you still perceive it as a bit of an overpay, Nick? Um, no, because it's one of the smaller ones. I, I think he's probably among those guys. If if, if it was Simons, Brunson, who else was in there? Jay Sean Tate Simon, and then, uh, and then yeah. Dort. Yep. So I think Dort's like very clearly the third best player in that group. Like I think Simons and Brunson are both better, and it's not close right now. Although both those guys are offensive guys, and Dort's a defensive guy. Offense gets paid, yeah. just Off- like in, I was about just, to say, offense does get paid, just like in football. Um, all the defensive players do get paid. Um, like like Simons is the anti Dort. Simons will give you twenty five a game. He doesn't. He doesn't guard anybody. He's getting a bigger deal than Dort, who defends and also put up decent numbers as a scorer last season. So, um, like, like among those guys, I think it's fair. It was the third largest contract. He's the third best player in that group, in my opinion. I think I agree with that. Whenever you look at it with context, I think it's a pretty, a pretty fair market deal. Um, and that's fascinating. A little bit more on Lou Dort. He's coming back to this team next season after I got his stats right here. After this past season, he scored 17 points a game, shooting 14.2 field goal attempts a game, uh, including 7.7 threes a game. But now the Thunder have Shea, Josh, Trey, J-Dub. It remains to be seen which other guards will remain on this team. Is it a fair value for Dort at that $17.5 million per year? when we assume that his role is going to get cut back a little bit because there are a ton more mouths to feed on this team now. And that's what I find really fascinating. And I think I presented uh, presented this question on the Twitter spaces earlier, and I want your guys' opinion on this. You pay Lou this amount. You know, on one hand, you could say, okay, you're maybe quote-unquote overpaying him or you're paying him a little more um, and maybe that's due to, you know, thank you for sticking with us through this process and uh, being loyal to to what we're to to the process, committing to it, being a professional. You know, maybe not getting as many minutes uh, towards the latter half of the season as you would like, or is it the like the opposite? We're paying you this much money because we believe in you as a prospect and as a player, and we're investing in you, so we expect you to to perform. On both ends of the floor, and um, we're we're kind of ready to you know to use Brian Windhorse's term, push the the pedal to the floor a little more. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on if you think this new contract for Lou is a indication of maybe the next step of the quote unquote rebuild that the Thunder are going through. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you mean by, what do you mean? Like, so like if you're investing in Lou on this dollar amount, are you really going to maybe not play him quite as much in the latter half of the season? Um, or are you like starting to com- really commit to this team and this core and, and really starting to uh, push yourselves towards contention again? Maybe this is the first step towards that is kind of what I'm getting I- at. I don't know if this is the first step towards that because I still think they're going to be horrendous next year and and halfway on purpose. Um, But I do think when you get into the postseason, this team's far from it. Um, Rotations get extremely small and you got to be able to play both ways to get minutes. And because of that, like if Trey Mann doesn't continue this trajectory of being like a really, really, really good score, we see it all the time with rookies. They have like this really good rookie season. A little, bit, slump. a little bit biased because we've watched them every game. Like it, it, they, they don't get much better sophomore year, junior year. Like if, if Trey man does not continue his growth and is only an offensive player that gives you 10, 12 a game, like Lou's going to play for him in the playoffs without a question, you know? So I, I, it, it's hard to evaluate this in that aspect too, because sure Lou's role likely will be lightened next year because of the other guards in the team. But if if somehow a year from from now, like next next off season, we're going into that 2023-24 season, um, and they're going to be making the playoffs, like Lou's role is ten times more important than it is next season. True, and I am I'm, I'm just curious about that. I think that's kind of what Jacob is getting at with the maybe more of a limited role, or maybe not even limited role is right, the the right term there, but like less opportunities than he's had these past two seasons, and you're paying him that much. I just, I'm very curious to see how that plays out, but maybe to your point, Nick, like you're investing in him now because you, you realize, and and that's why he got the five years because year three, year four, year five of that contract, you're expecting some of these young guys you have on the team, the Usman Jangs, the J dubs, the J wills, the Chets, et cetera. Um, you know, 
the, the ones you want to keep are going to kind of float to the top for lack of a better term. And um, you expect Lou's going to be one of those guys. So you let the other guys kind of play it out. His, and, history uh, tells us that not even like half of every prospect you draft in the first round is going to be anybody. And I know it's, it's better odds than you're in the lottery. Like we always talk about, you got Shay, you got Josh, you got Lou, you got J-Dub, you got Trey, you got all these guys. History tells us one or two of those guys is not going to be a core top eight, nine playoff guy when it comes time. For sure. And I think we saw a lot. You were kind of talking about this earlier, Nick, this playoffs. If you have a weak link, weak link defensively, you are screwed because NBA teams understand now more than ever, you attack the weakest point of the chain and you break it. Yep. That's, I think, part of the reason why the Celtics were so good. They didn't have that weak link. I think Dort's value actually increases whenever the playoffs get here. 100%. True. 100%. And kind of to that point, Jacob, something you mentioned on Twitter spaces earlier as well is like, especially, and this was, this is kind of what I was getting at when my dogs were going crazy earlier. <laughs> but with the new CBA being uh, ne- negotiated, and then you have obviously the the new TV deal coming up, and in, in, I guess that's this offseason as well, or sorry, next offseason. Like, assuming, and, and especially after we got those results of what was it, the, the bas- BRI, basketball related income, is that right? Is that the mm-hmm. right abbreviation uh, for this past season? It was like 8.1 billion or whatever it was. Like, obviously, we can expect that salary cap to go up. If that continues to happen in the coming years, then that that Lou Door contract looks better and better and better. Assuming that he continues to improve or at least stay where he's at and, and doesn't have any injury concerns. And so, like taking all that into consideration, a point that Jake had made earlier on our spaces, Nick, was that that's still a pretty tradable contract. Like it's not like you're just locked in with Lou on this gigantic contract for five years, you know? Well, speaking of this contract lasts for five more years. Do you guys think Lou finishes that contract in Oklahoma city? I do not. (laughs) And, and to be clear, I don't think like he's being traded tomorrow. I don't think he's being traded next off season. Maybe year three, year four of that deal. Correct. I'm the opposite. Really, if he gets traded, that's earlier because the, the later that, and unless it's a deal that escalates in value and like year five is 20 mil, even then, with how much the salary cap goes up, inflation there is going to be a higher degree. I think year four and five is when he's the best bang for your buck. If he's still around, then you're probably contending you keep him. If first three years you're not making the playoffs, we just talked about he's probably less valuable if you're not a playoff team. His value is higher to playoff teams. Like I think if he gets traded, it's the it's the front half of the contract. Interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see if he finishes out that contract in Oklahoma City. I think right now a lot of Thunder fans would say, "Yeah, please." But you got to remember, like the Thunder have a their own pick in twenty twenty three. They have like three firsts in twenty twenty four. They have multiple firsts in twenty twenty five. They're gonna keep stacking young high end talent on this team. And at some point, something's got to give. So you know, it's going to be kind of yep. interesting. It's crazy. Taylor's kid's going to be like first first grade when Lou finishes that contract. That That's I don't weird. like to think about that. That's really weird. We're, at all. That means we're going to be like 40. Speak for yourself. I mean, yeah. Jacob's going to be like 40. <laughs> Nick and I will still be 30. 
All right, guys, before we get off, we just this is just an emergency quick fun pod for the Lou Dort, ex, uh, not extension, the Lou Dort new contract. So we've talked a lot about how Dort's role is going to change as we move forward. So before we log off tonight, uh, I want to play a quick game of over-under where I'm going to give you a stat, and I want you to tell me, will Lou Dort be over or under on that stat with this team next year? Okay? First number, points, 17.2, which is what he scored last year. Over or under? Under. I'm going to go under, and it's not because I don't think he's – it's not even that I think he's going to be taking that many less shots. I just think that's an inflated number from that stretch he had when he was the only guy playing, and he was just balling out. Like I think he's actually – like last season, if he took that stretch, I was like a 15-point-per-game guy. So okay. you think his uh, percentage is going to go down as well, which I'm sure Jacob's getting at. <laughs> Field goal attempts a game, 14.2, which is what he shot last year. Under. I think it's all related to um, less of an opportunity, and he's going to find himself in more more of a defined role um, as the seasons roll on from this point forward. He's not going to have the same opportunity he's had the past two seasons. Agreed. You're going under as well, Nick? Yeah. Interesting. All right. Let's see here. Let me find some more numbers for you guys. Um, oh, that's here we go. Corner three point percentage 43% over or under. Ooh. See, that's kind of where I think we see the efficiency stay. Um, 43. Like, that's kind of where I would want to set the over or under. Well, that's why he did it there. I know. I it's know. It's also what Lou shot know. last year. I know. That's, give me the over. If I think he's going to take less attempts, I think he'll be more efficient in certain spots. And uh, give me the over for the corner three. I'm going to take the over as well. That's just, that's a shot that his type of player is going to hit. All right. So last season. Of all of the shots Lou Dort took, every single one of them, 54% of those shots came from the three-point line. So percentage of Lou Dort's total field goal attempts next year, the number is 54% of those shots being from three. Are going over or under? You want me to go first? Yes. Over. Again, like I think he's going to find... If we truly think he's going to find himself in a more um, defined role, like that's going to be his thing. The three and D. Now, don't don't get me wrong; he'll still be able to to create some off the dribble. Um, but yeah, like again, I I have to stick with this. I I think it's going to be over. Um, he's going to be going to continue to take more shots from the three point line. I'm gonna go under. I think if he's if he's gonna be like usage. From a usage standpoint, usage, and then also, I think the team has shooters now. He's not going to be forced to try to be a shooter. Like he's going to take. It's not like he's going to stop taking threes, but I don't think it's going to be part of the game plan for him to shoot that many. Nor should it be at the percentage he shot. Like he's he's guys that shot at least seven threes a game last year. I would I guarantee he's in the bottom twenty five percent in in terms of efficiency. Yeah, that was percentage of his shots though, right? And yes, I'm, and I'm saying as such, he should not be shooting that high of a percentage of three point shots. Okay. He should be taking other shots. 
Oh, okay, so, see, I disagree. so so let's look at this then. So you want a guy that's not efficient to be jacking more threes? I think he's going to be taking more threes from the corner <laughs> to the previous point, as well hey, as for, uh, for what it's know. worth, Taylor. Of all the threes Lou took last year, only fourteen percent of them came from the corner. Mm-hmm. That means hmm. that eighty-six percent of them came above the break. Elsewhere, yeah. I think we see that number. If I had to guess, I think that number goes up significantly. I think we see more corner threes from Lou. Nick, to your point, um, on non-layup attempts, so shots outside of three feet, twenty-seven percent of all of Lou Dort's field goal attempts last year came either came inside the three-point line and outside three feet from the basket. So we're going to consider that mid-range, somewhere between mm-hmm. three feet and mm-hmm. the three-point line. 27%. Is that number going up or down next year? Oh, that's another really good number. <laughs> mm. I'm going to go up. If he's not shooting as many threes based on my theory, he's going to be shooting more layups but also more mid-range. So that percentage has to fluctuate. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. See if I uh, if I'm continue with with what I've been my previous answers, I have to go with down right because I think he'll be taking more shots from the three point line, more shots from the three, and more shots at the rim. Interesting. Last one. We kind of just been focusing on the offense because it's hard to quantify defense. Last season, Dort shot seven point seven three point attempts per game. Oh, that's this our is an easy one. That I think both of us will agree on. Say it again. Under. 7.7 three-point attempts a game. Oh, under. Yeah. Yeah. Back to my point, yeah. He should not be, unless he is, like, coming out the gate and he's 40% from three, 38. <laughs> like, like you did the past two years? It, it's... Do you not. remember the past two years? He's oh, coming out and on fire. It's not sustainable, as we've seen. Chet won't allow it. Jeez. New OKC offensive captain. Interesting. Okay, last... <laughs> I think I maybe said last one on that one, but that was a lie. This is the last one. Because I think this one's interesting, talking about role and and more players, more mouths to feed. 32.6 minutes per game. Over or under. That's what he that's what he played last year, 32.6. That's high. <laughs> that's high. I just think based off of like a lot of what we talked about, these um these these young bodies you're bringing in, there's so many quote unquote mouths to feed. Well, I don't think it's it's like as big of like it's not an issue like some people think it is. Regardless, that's going to cut into lose minutes some, and I think a lot of those like I think that stat, for example, is is probably inflated a little bit to Nick's point that he made earlier because of Shea wasn't playing, uh, Giddy was hurt. So all that to say, I think it's a pretty easy under. But I still think he'll be he'll be up there. I'm gonna go. Over, uh, you never like, you never sort of spoon feed a guy minutes or shots or whatever because he's got a bag now. You can't be like, well, we're paying Lou seventeen and a half. We got to play him the minutes. I don't think that ever happens, but I do think that the young guys coming in, like, there's mouths to feed. Like Usman, they're not giving that dude minutes till he earns them. Right. Totally agree. You know, like, like I think, I think 
Same for J Dub. There's exactly honestly, there's, like, there's yeah. mouths to feed, but those guys are gonna have to take the minutes from Lou. They're not just gonna take minutes from Lou. Agreed. That's a good point. This is bringing up a lot of fun over unders that I have about the rookies as well. That we won't get into on this podcast, but the the wheels are turning for sure. Um, all right, I think that's all, guys. I think I think we're gonna end there. Um, would he even get to talk about Kevin Durant? Well, okay, let's get out. Let's get out of the pod with this. Who is Kevin Durant playing for next season? Give us your prediction. Brooklyn. Wow. Okay. I kind of wanted to go with that one, but look, superstar players get what they want. It's a uh, player's league, apparently, so let's go ahead and go with the Phoenix Suns. I'm already on record for Phoenix. I, I tweeted my my thoughts earlier today, so awesome. Well, hey, shout out to Lou Dort around in OKC for another five years. They got their guy, ladies and gentlemen. And he got that bag. We got him. Someone tweeted at us said the bag, the latest thing Lou Dort locked down. I thought it was just a perfect tweet. Perfect tweet. Uh, thank you guys for hopping in. Hey, as we log off here, I do want to say the month of June in 2020 was literally the best month Young Contested has ever had as a podcast. And it's all thanks to you guys who download this show, who listen to us, who interact with us. I, th- I think I speak for all of us when I say we are very humbled and deeply appreciative of you guys listening to us just talking to these microphones about basketball but we're not going anywhere we got utah summer league we've got vegas summer league we'll be boots on the ground out in vegas in about a week we'll be bringing you guys all kinds of content so thank you so much check out dailythunder.com lots of cool stuff over there you can find our podcast over there now as well we will be uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow night, Friday night on Twitter Spaces, and then Sunday with another pod. So until then, and as always, thunder up. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.